We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is August 18th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here. Tonight, or today, whenever you're listening to this, I am joined by my co-host Luke, Sylvia, and producer Kevin. Boys, the schedule is out. How are we doing? I So I spent most of the day yesterday wishing that it was today. Or as you're listening to this, I spent most of Wednesday wishing it was Thursday. And I know that you guys shared a lot of the same sentiment because we're all waiting for the same thing. And then this morning you wake up and you're like, nope. That's not good enough. I want it to be 3 p.m. And then uh, we finally got there, boys. We we got there. Everything came out. It's beautiful, mostly. And uh, I, I think I'm I'm happier with it than last year. So, yeah, for me, um, first off, it's it's fun to occasionally the three of us be together on this show. So, boys, glad to be uh, hanging with you. Um. But yeah, for me, I, I'm obviously excited. Like Luke, I feel mostly positive. There are definitely some uh, head scratchers on there, some things that I don't love. But uh, by and large, pretty cool to see it all laid out for, again, what should be a pretty special season. Now it's nice to know what the roadmap is going to look like to get there. But yeah, I'm excited to break it all down with you. We're going to get into the schedule in just a second. Wanted to give you all a quick international update from Down Under. From the Australian national team, which our boy uh, Joe Ingles is playing for. So uh, we're paying attention to them. Uh, but Joe Ingles actually did not play today in Australia's match against South Sudan. He's just resting. Uh, as you know, he's uh, one of the, the the elder statesmen on this Australia Boomers team. Uh, but they beat uh, South Sudan 88-67. to 67. Uh, Jock uh, Landale did uh, roll his ankle in this one in the first quarter. So he's undergoing some scans on Friday and they're going to continue to assess his injury ahead of the FIBA World Cup. Uh, But there's some speculation that he may miss uh, the FIBA World Cup. Uh, The Australian squad is going to depart Friday morning for Tokyo where they're going to play another friendly against France on August 20th. 
followed by a final warm-up against uh, Goga Batadze in Georgia in Okinawa on August 22nd, ahead of their first FIBA World Cup game against Finland on August the 25th. Uh, so if you are following along uh, this international cycle for our uh, boys in pinstripes playing abroad, just keep your eyes out on uh, those matchups. And obviously we've got some big games coming up for uh, Germany and the U.S. this weekend. The first thing that I wanted to talk uh, about you know, with you guys before we actually get into the schedule is just what a phenomenal job the Orlando Magic content and social media team did uh, surrounding the schedule release videos. So first they had like the hand-drawn, like, you know, what, what was that? Like a skateboard, um, like real, just going through all the logos, like jumping from both to both. You two seem to remember this like me, oh, yeah. I guess for like a couple of years ago, for some reason, I do not remember this whatsoever, but it, it was me. awesome. It was a game. It was like a, uh, I don't know if it was a computer or phone game, but it was a game. It was a what? phone game. At least that I remember, yeah. uh, like a, it was bike race. Bike race. Is That's that what what bike race bike. is what I remember it. That was from when I was like high school, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Very clever on their part though. Like that mm-hmm. was pretty sick. So what yeah. you like draw your map and then your That's dude right. does the all right I'm yep. I'm feeling it no it was it was pretty sick and then the the more um, I guess extravagant one um, they basically set it up like a, a 90s early 2000s TV guide where you're sort of scrolling through the channels and you know each channel was a, a game you know like the channel 66 was like the magic 66 game or whatever. But there were just this was packed with like '90s and, and early 2000s references. There was a an Arthur reference, a Boy Meets World reference, which of course I loved. Uh, Who wants to be a millionaire? There was even a Sports Center reference. You guys remember when people used to watch Sports Center? Yeah. Uh, hey Arnold, uh, even Stevens, Rugrats, Dragon Ball Z, Rocket Power, Recess. King of the Hill, Recess, and then obviously like the PlayStation Two start and like you know memory card disc screen. Uh, with the the old like anniversary logos, which was pretty awesome, and then as they're scrolling through the the channels and they're going through some of these shows, like they had different uh, panels for some of the different shows. Like we had the Hey Arnold with uh, Franz and Paolo. Did you guys catch the little uh, Cole Anthony wearing the Timberlands as Spider Man, yep. sort of mm-hmm. hanging upside down? That was a good one. Did you also uh, catch the, the the little sign on the right, the Bing Bong sign? I did not one. catch that. Oh, yeah. There's a I saw flashing. stuff up in the window, but yep. I missed that. There's a little flashing neon sign on like the bottom right. It said bing bong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could probably go through this like a couple of times and watch these and pick up on something different each time. I tried to to pause these as best as possible. The next one was Rugrats, uh, which was fitting for the, the players that were featured there. Jet, Anthony Black, Caleb Houston, obviously the younger guys on the roster. With stuff fighting the like Reptar Toronto Raptor esque uh, in Toronto with like the the needle there, little uh, Drake cameo and Aaron Gordon floating up like towards the top, and then Justin Bieber, and then there were some other references that I I didn't really uh, catch. I don't know if either of you um, understood any of the other references on well, that panel. I, well, not about. I was just gonna say specifically, you talk about pausing it, but they did make all of these into separate like posts on Instagram. So you can like go through and 
look at each one and look at it up close and zoom in and stuff. So that's how I found the uh, the Bing Bong okay. one. But but yeah, very very detailed stuff from these guys for sure. Then there was the Dragon Ball Z, which was probably my personal favorite. You know, Jalen and Cole doing the fusion dance. You guys probably have no idea what I'm I'm talking about here, but that's nope. fine. Uh, Rocket Power with uh, Paolo, Markel, Chuma, Kevon, Wendell with uh, cameos from Steph Curry and LeBron James. The LeBron James one, I was like, wait, what is that? And then I remembered a couple of seasons ago, Wendell gets the shades knocked off. LeBron picked it up, put it on his face. Great okay, one. that's pretty and clever. There's also a cameo in that one of Light the Beam. I don't know if you saw it up in the corner. There's the purple beam. I definitely beam. didn't. So okay. the same road trip. I was like, so clever, guys. That's very good. Uh, what else do we have here? Oh, King of the Hill, which was hilarious. Joe Ingles, Wendell, Mo Wagner, and Goga. There's a, a cameo from Stone Cold Dylan Brooks on the roof there. <laughs> uh, Wemby gets brought in uh, with the uh, you know the alien, the the UFO. Um, what? Uh, oh, and then the the Luca magic. For a second, I was like, what is this weird looking cowboy with this little magic wand doing? And I was like, oh, it's Luca magic. It's the the Mavericks. So that one was pretty funny. And then last but not least, the recess with uh, J.I., Admiral, Markel, Franz, and Gary. Recess was a great show. Very underrated. Doesn't get talked about uh, enough today. But no, they sure. did a, a great job with that uh, release video and with all the release content that the, the social media and content team put out. So Golf Clap, kudos to our uh, social media team. Really, really appreciate you guys making the, the schedule release a, a lot of fun. Now, let's get into the schedule highlights. So I'm just going to go through some of the, the bullet points that I have here. Um, you know, feel free to stop me or, or jump in you know, wherever you guys want to make a point here. So first of all, only 80 games have been scheduled. When I was going through the, the count, I was like, what am I missing here? Why do I only have 80 games? And that's because um, two games, at least two games for each team, have not been announced yet due to the in-season tournament. So whether or not you make it into you know the the knockout round, or if you make it to the knockout round and you even move on a little bit further, the schedule is going to be you know pretty fluid um, from the fourth of December really straight on through the ninth. So if you make it out of the group stages, you could play either on the fourth or the fifth. And then if you make it to the semifinals, you'd play on the seventh. If you make it to the finals, you'd play on the ninth. If you don't make it to the knockout rounds, you'll play on the 6th and the 8th, which is a Wednesday and a Friday that week. So be on the lookout for that. Schedule is going to change a little bit as we get into December. The season starts October 25th at home versus the Houston Rockets. This got leaked a little bit earlier today, but what are your initial reactions to this being the first game of the season in the the matchup with the Rockets? I, I, I don't... I definitely don't hate the fact that it's against the Rockets, an opponent that we feel we have a very great shot against, you know, whether we were in Houston or Orlando, but even that much better that we're in Orlando for this game. I don't mind starting out a little easier than maybe used to um, or, you know, but obviously we'll get into it, but you're, you don't have much time at home. You got to win that one at home and then you just got to get going. Yeah, I think for me, it's. I feel like it's been a couple years since we opened the season at home, right? Last year we didn't, and the year before, correct? Because we went San to San Antonio that, the year before. That's right. That's right. 
So to get a home game to start off the season is great. Um, I particularly love this Houston game because not only is it a winnable game, you know, based on the rosters, but Houston is bringing back an enti- almost entirely different team. I mean, that's not true. They have some pieces, but they are the the folks that they brought in. You figure will feature really prominently in that team, and so they're going to be a team that's kind of figuring things out. You know, I think more than maybe the Magic, who we've talked about already, is going to have a lot of um, continuity from last season. So I like our chances night one, and like Luke said, you. I, I, Really hope we win that one because you know you'd like to go one and zero before uh, before you go out west for your first trip. And I want to say I think like the better part of the last decade, this is probably one of the most winnable games that we've had opening night in a while. Like it seems like every year it was either like the Wizards or the Heat, you know, at home. You know, uh, uh, maybe like nine or ten years ago, I think it was like the Pelicans. Anthony Davis was there, so. This is probably one of the more favorable matchups we've had on opening night, especially that game being at home in quite some time. Now, I do want to talk about the road trip, but a big bugaboo that Kevin had with the roster, with, with the schedule last year, was the fact that you started the season on the road, you ended the season on the road. We get the reverse of that this season. The season right. ends Sunday, April 14th at home versus Milwaukee. So, Kevin, you're starting the season and ending the season at home. I think, you know, I think it should be just a rule in the NBA that you either start or end at home. Like the fact that we had both on the road last year was dumb. So, yes, I'm grateful for the NBA. I, they must have listened to the show. And they're like, you know what? We feel bad. Let's let's give the magic. Let's give the six man show. We'll, we'll pay them back for last year. So home to start, home to finish. I'm not going to complain about that. Um, the other thing I will say, there's a there's a couple things from what Jonathan said. Number one is the Pistons. That was winnable. But Isaiah Beef Stew decided to hit a three and crush our spirits. Number two, you said bugaboo. And those on YouTube didn't get to see my face when you said the word bugaboo. I don't know that I've ever heard it used. And you didn't even like, you didn't even crack a smile. I was like, Kevin's bugaboo. And I was like, all right, I guess we're doing this. We're talking it about was a bugaboo, was it not? Is, did I not use it in the proper context? I, I, I don't really look, use that word much. So. I had to look it up. And um, <laughs> and bugaboo, yeah, it's basically a worry or, you know, it was appropriately yeah, It's a bugaboo, yeah. yeah. I can't um, say I've ever said that. So, yeah. That's true. Me either. Um, so, yes, I appreciated it. But, uh, yeah, the Pistons, winnable. But we're hoping this year you actually get the win that you should. And instead of it being, you know, like it was in Detroit, we have it at home and uh, hope we can get that one home with us. So like the guys alluded to, you have that home opener against the Rockets and then immediately to the West Coast. Like I, I can't remember the Magic ever having a West Coast road trip. You really can't have a West Coast road trip any earlier than this. You're not going to start the season with a four or five game road trip. So they're like, you know what? We have to give them one home game and then we're going to send them out West. So at home, October 25th versus the Houston Rockets. Then you get a day off. You're traveling to Portland. You take on the trailblazers on the 27th. Uh, You get two days off and then you play the Los Angeles Lakers on Monday, October 30th. You've got a LA back to back. You play the Clippers on the 31st and then you get Wednesday off and then you finish the four game road trip. Uh, at Utah taking on the Jazz on Thursday, November 2nd. Another uh, big highlight of the schedule, we were all sort of anxiously awaiting to see what the national television slate would look like. 
the Magic do have one national televised game. I don't care what anybody says. NBA TV games do not count. If you want to count that, I guess that it's five, but it's really one true national televised game on TNT, February 13th versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then they have four NBA TV games, uh, the first being that matchup against the Lakers on October 30th, uh, the next being November 9th versus Atlanta. Versus Atlanta, you would think it's a home game, but really, we're in Mexico City. So I think uh, a few weeks back or a couple months, however long that's been now, when it was announced that we were going to have a game against the Hawks in Mexico City, we were like, all right, we're figuring we're going to lose a home game. And that's exactly what happened. Um, another NBA TV game is that Black Friday game against the Boston Celtics on November 24th, uh, which is the in-season tournament game and the last in-season tournament game for the Magic. And then at Golden State at Golden State um, on January 2nd. So what are your thoughts on the, I'm putting this in air quotes if you're not on YouTube, the national television game slate for the Magic, Kevin? Yeah, well, first thing, really quick, if you guys are listening to this on Friday morning, you still have time to enter into our giveaway. So you mentioned the, the Boston Celtics game on Black Friday on NBA TV. We are doing a giveaway. If you buy tickets to that game and send us proof of that, you know, tweet us, send us on Instagram, you'll be entered to win one of 10 $25 Fanatics gift cards that we are giving away because we are still encouraging people highly to go to that game because we think it could be really a big one. Okay, back to the national TV schedule. I came into this with such low expectations. Like I genuinely just made myself, made my brain expect zero. So to have one, I was excited. I was even more excited that it was OKC because that's what we should have had last year. We didn't get it. And I was triple excited that it's at home. I did not expect to get a home national TV game, a home TNT game. So for me, I'm feeling great. And like you mentioned on yesterday's show, Jonathan, there's a a pretty strong chance that some games could be flexed down the stretch of the season if the Magic are in contention for a playoff spot. Um, so yeah, for me, I'm very pumped. Uh, I'm about 99% sure I'm going to be at that game too, so I'm really excited to to see how that goes. That brings up my question for you guys, which is it's it's very much a preference thing. There's no wrong answer to this. When the, you hear that your team, in this case, the Orlando Magic, has a nationally televised game in Amway, do you immediately think, A, I can't wait to watch it on TV and see us on national spotlight? Or B, I can't wait to be there and you know get to see the TNT, you know, at least like the the play-by-play color commentator, whoever's on the call, and just the bright lights and whatever. What which which of those camps do you guys fall into? I think I know. But but what do you guys what do you guys think about that when you guys hear national TV game at Amway? I don't want to cop out, but both. Like I'm excited <laughs> to I want to be at the game because I do think that being a nationally and a legitimately nationally televised game, there will be a, a different buzz in the arena. Like people are going to understand that it's a big game. But then I'm going to be excited to go home and rewatch the ESPN broadcast and the Valley broadcast as well, just to you know see you know, get. David and Jeff's takes on the game and then the ESPN team, whoever is covering the game to see what they say about the magic. And hopefully it's a win and I just get to relive that. Yeah. For me, I think uh, it's a little different these days than it was back in my day. You know, I was, I was around when we used to be on national TV 
quite frequently, you know, from basically 2008 to 2011. Not that we were as much as like the Lakers or Celtics or anything, but, you know, we'd have between 10 and 20 national TV games a year, um, which was really fun. And so that was, it was a little more normal back then, you know, so I wouldn't have maybe put as much of an emphasis on it. Uh, But this year, uh, yeah, I definitely want to be there for sure. Um, because it is different, and especially for our, our young guys, like mm-hmm. this, for a lot of them, this is going to be their first, you know? And so that's going to be really exciting. I love the idea that we're playing the Thunder. I think that's really cool, not just for us, but for the whole league, like to put one of the best young up and coming teams in the West against one of the best young up and coming teams in the East. That's really cool. Like for casuals to see that. Uh, but then like Jonathan, I'm absolutely going to go home and watch, you know, the broadcast. I want to hear, what you know, I mean, maybe Stan Van Gundy will be on the call. I want to hear Stan Van Gundy talk about the magic. I want to hear Charles Barkley make fun of us. You know, I want to see all that stuff. I mean, you know, you know, Shaq's going to talk about Orlando, you know. So, I mean, what kind of sound bites are we going to get from that? So, I hear he still runs that, the magic franchise, he does. Actually. Him and Dennis Scott, yep, they yeah, still run. That's yeah. just, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, sorry, I was so yeah, I, no. I don't want to burst anyone's bubble. However, this is a Tuesday TNT game. So it may be like the, you know, Candace Parker, you know, that crew. Uh, to be fair, hearing Candace talk when Which her brother. I'm not, I don't hate Candace Parker by any means, but we may not get the typical, you know, TNT crew. We'll see. Late in the that time of the season. In, well, it's not late. I guess February. I was thinking March. It's Once not. It gets later in the season. They, it's they, still pretty late. It is. Yeah. But they, they tend to keep the main guys there for. So we'll so. see. You're right. We'll see. We'll see. But um, either way, yeah, I'm 100 percent gonna go back and watch it afterwards. I think that you've got to think of a couple things here, though. You got to think. Uh, I hope that both teams are healthy. Yeah. Because you're in prime flexing out spot. It's not like you've got the the Celtics or the Nuggets or someone else on the other side of the ball that's going to keep them engaged if Chet happens to get injured. That dude goes down. It's this is the same thing as last year. You're getting flexed yeah. out. The other thing I will add, as far as what you were saying, Kev, was you know you, you talk about it just means something different. It feels like because this isn't we don't get nationally televised games all the time, but I think that it's definitely it feels more important because it's like we know something that not everybody else does, and it's that this team is talented. And not just talented, but they've started to fulfill some of their potential even this early in the foundation being made. And that we can't wait for everybody to see it. When the Magic were great and we were on TV every, you know, what felt like once a week, we knew that everybody knew we were great. But this is different. This is like, we can't wait for you guys to be like, oh man, it's the Magic and the Thunder on tonight. And then we come out there and we whoop them boys by 30 and they're like, wow, the magic or the truth. They just, you know, notched however many wins. They just notched their their twenty fifth, twenty eighth win of the season, and they're still rolling. You know, so I don't know if the math adds up there, but you guys get the idea. More wins than people thought we would have by February, um, and and on our way, trending towards a, a forty plus win season. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Speaking, you know, Kevin, a, a couple minutes ago, you mentioned, you know, we were talking about the last episode. So we talked about the in-season tournament games and just whether or not, like, how the schedule was going to be around that. And so I have so, sort of those uh, in-season tournament, you know, adjacent games. So obviously, uh, November 14th is going to be at Brooklyn, which is going to be the first in-season tournament uh, group game for the Magic. And then the very next night, you're at Chicago, which is going to be the second night of a back-to-back. You have one day off in Chicago, and then you play Chicago again for the game that's going to count for the in-season tournament game. So you're going to be playing Chicago two games in a row, uh, but this is also going to be your third game in four nights and then uh, November 21st versus Toronto. That's your third in-season tournament game. And then the very next night, you're at home versus the Denver Nuggets, which is going to be your second night of a back-to-back. Um, luckily, you know you don't have any games around that final in-season tournament game. Uh, November 24th versus the Boston Celtics. going to be your last in-season tournament game. But especially like that Denver game, the, that it's the second night of a back-to-back on November 22nd, like that feels like a, a schedule loss, as they say. You you say there's nothing around it, but that that Boston game is a third game in four nights as well. You know because it's the same thing, right? Because it's, it's you have a back to back before Thanksgiving, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's mm, uh, yeah 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 because you play Tuesday Wednesday you're off Thursday and you play Friday and it's not even three games in four nights it's three games in four afternoons basically because that game's at two thirty so right like. Both of those, the Toronto, or sorry, the Chicago on the road and the Boston at home, both very difficult schedules leading into it. Um, and so, I don't know. That's I don't love that. Um, but the other thing was, I'm pretty sure, I was looking at this a second ago, I'm pretty sure that um, the Denver one, they're on the second night of a back-to-back as well, I believe. Or was that the road game? That was the road game. Never mind. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, either way, three games and four nights for that Boston home game that's that's not favorable i guess the things that that stick out to me and i think we're going to find out pretty quickly into the play-in or the end season i'm going to keep calling it the play-in on accident but the end season tournament i think that we're what we're going to see is how much these teams these veteran teams value the the end season tournament because these guys are doing load management all season as it is but what will it be like when they've got a back-to-back one's an end season tournament game the other one's just a regular season game are we going to see the stars sit out like just this normal regular season game and play the end season or what is going to happen? Even if you've got some young guys that are banged up, whether that's on the magic or whoever, are we going to see young guys sit out 
those back-to-back games and then play the next night if it's a end-season tournament game. We are going. I'm assuming it's going to play out a little bit like when the Golden State Warriors. We've heard it, you know, Draymond talk about it and whoever else on that team, where early in the season they decided, do we want to go for this record? We started out so hot. Do we want to become the best team in the regular season? Yes or no? And everybody pretty much was on board, and they're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. So I wonder if we're going to see the same type of mentality when it comes to this in-season tournament. Okay, guys, are we going to sell out to win this, which is going to involve resting some of you guys so we can have advantage on these back-to-backs or be the same playing field because the other team didn't have a back-to-back? I think there's a lot of chess moves that could be played with the in-season tournament. And the longer than it goes on, we're going to see teams maybe get smarter about, oh, this team has learned what they're supposed to do as far as resting and how they can best you know, be ready to compete for these these tournament games. That is all very exciting to me because I love the mind games. I love the how do you take care of your body around important games when you have back-to-back. It's going to be a lot of fun. I guarantee no one will be sitting out these in-season tournament games. If you have a back-to-back, you're throwing that that other regular season game in the trash, especially the first year. Like Somebody tries to sit out an in-season tournament game, Adam Silver will be on the phone like, no, you are. I don't care if you miss the next three other regular season games, you are playing these in-season tournament games to make sure that they're successful, especially in the, the first season here. Uh, some other notes about the schedule. Eight of the first 13 games are on the road. A little bit better than last year when the first six out of eight were on the road, but still not great. Uh, but then on the flip side, down the final stretch of the season, you've got 12 out of 18 games at home. I believe that is also including, yeah, you have an eight-game homestand uh, later in the season uh, spanning from March 17th to April 1st. Uh, the all-star break is going to be February uh, 14th through the 22nd. And and this is where, Kevin, we were talking before we started to record, and I told you I had some nuggets. Uh, one of these, I think, not Denver nuggets, but just you know, information little tidbits here. Bugaboo tidbit. We're, we're getting pretty, uh, you know, fancy with the with the vernacular on this episode. But per positive residual, uh, they've analyzed, you know, the the uh, sorry, the, the schedule here. Per positive, is this about the tidbits, the bugaboos, the vernacular? The, we're the going residuals. from tidbits to bugaboos to residuals. I'm just you're losing me. All right, positive we residual. Here, positive residual is a, is a web website and a and an NBA schedule database. Great. Uh, mm-hmm. As well as a lot of other, you know, NBA, you know, metrics that they have. So per positive residual, uh, the post All Star break, the Magic have 15 home games, 12 road games. They uh, travel the third fewest miles in the NBA. They only have four uh, back to backs, and they have the easiest strength of schedule post the All Star break. Now across the entire season, they have the Magic ranked with the eighth toughest strength of schedule. The Magic have eight games with what they call true rest advantage, which is the sixth fewest in the NBA. And they have 13 games with true rest disadvantage, which is the most in the NBA. Now, they did some, uh, some, some uh, research, if you will, a few years back um, in talking about what this true rest advantage versus disadvantage is. It says a game in which one team is rested and the other is rested. Entering a matchup with more rest days than the opposition does not necessarily constitute an advantage. For example, as John Schumann notes, and it links to to an article here, teams with two days of rest 
had a negative 0.1 net rating against teams with only one day of rest in 631 games between the 2015-2016 and 2017-2018 seasons. However, there's evidence of a meaningful edge for a rested team that plays against an unrested team. So pretty much what that is saying is if you're coming, if it's the second night of a back-to-back and the other team has had a day off, yes, there's a true advantage there. But if you've had one day off and your opponent has had two or three days off, there's not really as much of an advantage as as they found through their research. So I know, Kevin, you were looking at some of the the rest advantages and disadvantages that we have and like the number of days that they have off. So it, as long as the Magic have one day off, the other team can have two days off, three days off, whatever, their research you know, tends to show that that doesn't make as big of an impact as you might think. Oh, I thought that was interesting. It, it is. I, I kind of want to go back to your initial stats from from Mr. Residual, um, when you were talking about strength of schedule, I, if you ask me, that's a load of hogwash right now, because how are you getting strength of schedule? You know, cause like if there it must is be that, like the regular season record from last year, exactly that and rest, right? Is that a thing? Is, is that's what I was going to say. Is like rest, rest included in that? Or is it just based on how good the team was last year? Because this is why I mean, it's the NBA. There's so much turnover, so much yeah. changeover. Like, just because a team was good last year doesn't mean they're going to be good this year. I mean, like, for example, Philadelphia. Obviously, we have no idea what the 76ers roster is going to look like in two months when this starts. Apparently, Harden will not be on it. Apparently not, as long as Darren Morey's in charge, you know? But, I mean, they won, I don't know how many, 50-something games last year. And so, naturally, their strength, you know, the strength of schedule with right. them in it is going to be different than if they were to have would not have Harden or Embiid or whoever. You know, stuff like that. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, the whole eighth toughest schedule eighth worst strength of schedule. I'm curious what that entails, but um, all in all, I like, you know, it is what it is. Every team's going to play 82 or some 83 games. Um, the other thing, you know, we talk about post all-star break being good. Yeah. But the post all-star break is two thirds into the season, which means yeah. the first two thirds is worse than everybody yep. else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it does sound good. And again, as I mentioned before, if the Magic are in a fight down the stretch for a playoff position, obviously you want to be in a great spot. And so that does that. Um, but yeah, that means the the work to be in a playoff battle is going to be a little tougher in the first, you know, two thirds of the season. Yeah. And that's what I was going to point out about that stat too, is just, yeah, the, the simple fact of that's great, but it doesn't mean anything if your season's trashed by you get to the time you get to that point. So let's just continue to let's please Lord be competitive. And then we can, we can, you know, really revel in the fact that we're, we're getting the, one of the easiest schedules to, after, you know, post all-star. So yeah, I, I will also point out Kevin, the last episode I was on, you know, a couple episodes ago at this point, I talked about your perfect schedule and your perfect schedule was, Either the home opener or the last game of the season be at home. Uh, also said that you uh, would like to just not have six of eight on the road to start. You also said four, you'd like to be able to see like strings of four straight winnable games a couple times a year. Whereas in the past, you felt like that wasn't the case. So have we matched Kevin's perfect schedule criteria? Mm-hmm. Have we cracked the code? Because... There's some I don't want to get stretches some and I don't want to get too far ahead. We're we're going to have a break in a minute and I that's when I want to get into like the winnable pockets, but 
there are some winnable pockets here. And I, I do think that is good news for us, definitely. Um, last thing that I want to, to mention here, and then we'll get to our break, 15 back-to-backs for the Magic, um, which I think is might be tied for the most tied in the NBA. The most. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, they have the 11th most miles traveled this year, 43,371 miles that our boys are going to be flying uh, across this country. Uh, come you know fall and, and winter continent. And into spring. It's continent if you count Mexico City and That's Toronto, right. you know. Yeah, they're they're giving these boys the Ron good Sylvia old, the treatment. Good old North America, which is the Ron Sylvia treatment. Is they're young, let them go. Back yeah. to backs, traveled miles. They're young. It doesn't matter. So it's the Ron Sylvia treatment the NBA is giving the Magic, and it's very disrespectful. <laughs> but if if anybody can can handle that, it is the young guys. To be fair, and there's a lot of them on this team. God bless him. David Steele is still doing it. I don't know how, like, Kevin, we had that little road trip last year where, like, Atlanta on Friday came back to Tampa and drove to Orlando for Boston, you know, the home opener last year. And I was basically dead after that. You were. So I, I don't know how these guys do that on a consistent basis. It's, it's pretty remarkable. I'm guessing, you know, there's like an acclimation period. Maybe you get used to it, but man, that's got to be think rough. They're getting like, like steroids you think that gets them through david the steel absolutely have you seen the guy staff just like just put an end to him yes we are going to take that as an opportunity to cut and talk about our wonderful patrons if you have not heard we do have a patreon community where you can join and help financially support the show to help us do the things that we love to do and hopefully the things that you like to watch and, and listen to uh, every episode, we shout out our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons. So I'm going to go ahead and start with the Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapon, The Distract, Donkey Punch, Dave, Paolo, and Francis, Warmth, Pierre, A, Nostalgia, and M&M's, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Drum, Drummy, Drum, Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, PV in the Mix, Cody 93, Teddy, Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Freakin', Shahen 177, Bulby the Dawn, Himlo Ben Himro, R Improv 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Spank Too Hard, Soft Taco, Fuego Nando, Victor Cologne, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Trade for Grady Weenie, Dick, Currency Kev, Bruv Sal, those are our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons. A big thank you to all of our patrons. If you would like to become a patron, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online 
Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. That might be your world record, Jonathan. That was well done. Good job, man. I was trying to just like stay on task and not think about what Luke said right before that Patreon break. So I was like, I just need to power through this and forget about what Luke Sylvia said a, a few moments ago. So Kevin, I really it, appreciate it was, that. It was an honest mistake. It really was. And then yeah, I definitely it, it kept it, yeah. You it, had to dive second, off a camera. A second went by, and I I'm very ashamed. But <laughs> I, we uh, we have yeah. said worse. I think <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right, let's start talking about like some of these um, road, not road trips, but homestands, road trips, just some of these bigger, you know, um, pieces of, of the schedule in general. So we talked about the longest, um, you know, homestand a little bit ago. So that's eight games uh, from Sunday, March seventeenth through Monday, April first, where you've got Toronto, Charlotte, New Orleans, Sacramento, Golden State, the Clippers the Grizzlies, and then the Portland Trailblazers. And you only have one back-to-back in that stretch, Friday, March 29th versus the Clippers, and then the next day, Saturday, March 30th, against the Memphis Grizzlies. Longest homestand of the season. Uh, I think last year the longest homestand was seven games, if I believe. So what do we think eight games, and then what do we think of like this slate specifically? I think... I mean, as far as that goes, I think that it's best that, you know, you, you talk about the stretch last year, but you also see just on the schedule this year that you've got, you know, a couple different homestands that are both longer than your longest road trip. I don't know if that's usually the norm, but I think looking at it makes me feel good about the schedule in general just because you do have the, you know, the five-game uh road trip but then you've got a six and a what eight game homestand like you said so i I think that's really what i compare it to is like how much time are we you know extended on the road versus at home we got a couple favorable things i like that they're kind of bookending the seasons you got one at the beginning one at the end and one six one eight games long so yeah i don't i don't really have uh too many thoughts on it besides that I think for me, it's interesting, and I know you're going to talk about this in a second, Jonathan, but the eight-game homestand feels like a tale of two halves. Like the first half is a very winnable chunk of games, and that's Indy, Brooklyn. Uh, no, sorry, I, I skipped ahead. That's before this. Okay, first half, Toronto, Charlotte, New Orleans. Those are all games. You know, New Orleans, you know, it depends on if Zion's playing or whatever, you know, obviously. But then after that, you get Sacramento, Golden State, the Clippers, and Grizzlies. That's a tough stretch. And then Portland to close it out, you'd expect to win that game. But um, so it's interesting. I kind of like it though, because you get to kind of get some momentum going, you know, uh, as this homestand starts off, you know, Toronto and Charlotte, you got to start that 2 0, like knowing what the rest of the homestand looks like. But if you get some momentum under you, that can start to like build. 
and home court can start to build that confidence and everything. But more than anything, I love where it is in the season. Like basically the whole second half of the month of March, like that is the prime time to go on a run again. If we are, you know, fighting for playoffs position, what better time to have a homestand than that? You know, so I can't really complain about that. Obviously, like I said, the second half of that homestand is tough. That's a tough group of teams there. But again, maybe you've got some confidence under you by the time you get to those. Yeah, I think really the goal, because, you know, you do have some tougher opponents, like the goal for that homestand, like you should start 2-0, obviously, but ultimately you're hoping to go 500 on that homestand. You just you just have tough opponents, New Orleans, Sacramento, Golden State, the Clippers, Memphis. Who knows what's going to happen with Portland? You know, if Dame is gone, then, you know, maybe we should be talking about going like 5-3, and three, you know, on, on that homestand. But maybe we should have talked about this one first because this one's earlier in the season. But it's the other, you know, longer homestand that Luke was talking about, where you start November twenty first with the Toronto Raptors, then you have the the back to back with the Denver Nuggets, uh, Friday Black Friday, third game in four nights at home versus Boston. That's going to be on NBA TV. Uh, that Toronto and, and Boston games both going to be part of the in season tournament group stage. But then you've got Charlotte, and then you've got Washington on the 29th and December first. That's a six game. Like you, sh- you, you should be able to go. You know, four and two, maybe, maybe even five and one on that six game homestand. If if you really are able to put things together, I mean, beating Washington twice in a row, if they're not nearly as talented as they were last year when they gave us trouble early in the season. Like Toronto, Charlotte, both Washington games, you should be able to pick those up. Yeah, I think four and two for sure. Five and one sounds. That's you know, we'll see. I mean, we you know, do Denver own Boston. Boston. Yeah, we'll I th- see. I think that you also have to look at what leads you into that homestand. And when you look at what leads you into it, I think it's they've got like good solid primers to go into that homestand and maybe even have momentum coming back home for your first huge homestand of the year. Obviously, you have that four four game homestand prior, but you're on the road and you're in Brooklyn, Chicago, you play them twice in the Pacers. I think you've got a good shot against all of those teams. So if you can go two and two, three and one on that road trip and you come back home and you're sitting pretty with six straight at home, you have some time to build momentum and, and really get after it. And I think that that's a great thing to lead into for this team is to have those games on the road against winnable opponents and then come home. And uh, yeah, I think you have a great opportunity to go at you know four and two shoot i mean i would take three and three as well but i would i think that four and two you could definitely do at home the more that i look at this schedule obviously we've been talking all off season about how you know the magic should be able to you know flirt with around 40 wins and like the more i go through like these different chunks of the schedule and i'm like okay well we can go 500 here not only is that realistic but i would be pretty happy with that so the more that i look through this you know the more that us winning you know around 40 games seems pretty feasible so we talked about the longest home stands. Let's talk about the longest road trips. Uh, so the longest road trip of the season, um, five-game road trip from Monday, January 29th to Tuesday, February 6th, where you're at Dallas, at San Antonio. You got the little Texas two-step there. Uh, then you go up to Minnesota, cross over to Detroit, and then you come back down to the the Sunshine State to play the dirty, stinking, freaking heat uh, to finish the that road trip. So that's a five-game so Luke, you talked about how like, you know, our longest homestands are longer than, 
you know, our longest road trips, but we have four four game road trips. Uh, you've got one Portland, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Utah. We talked about that one at the beginning of the year. We talked about the one that you just mentioned, you know, at Brooklyn, at Chicago, at Chicago, at Indiana. Starting December 31st, you've got your second West Coast road trip. Uh, so really by after the first week of January, we'll be done with the the, the West Coast for the year. Uh, that starts at Phoenix, at Golden State, at Sacramento, at Denver. So that's really tough. And then, of course, after that, Kevin, you know, you talked about it earlier during the live stream on playback, but you have all of that. You have one day off and then you, after that road trip and then you have Atlanta at home. And then the the fourth one here, this other four game road trip, starting January twelfth. So you have a four game road trip. You're home for what is that, four or five days, and then you're on another four game road trip at Miami, at Oklahoma City, at New York, and then at Atlanta. So you got a few pretty sizable road trips uh, this season. I mean, that second West Coast road trip is really tough at Phoenix, at Golden State, at Sacramento, at Denver. Like that is a real possibility for like a winless road trip. Yeah, I I really want to talk about this. You mentioned I did talk about this on on playback today, but the fact that the two West Coast road trips that they go on, so the one at the very beginning of the season and the one you just talked about, both of them, you come back from being out West and you get no extra rest. You get one day off to acclimate from Pacific time to East time you know, to rest up from that intense road trip. You get one day off. That is disgusting. Like, that is gross that that happens not once, but twice. Like, you look at other teams in the league, I guarantee you there is no... I I can't guarantee it because I haven't looked. I'm almost certain that there is no other East Coast team that has Kevin is certain the NBA has screwed us. That's right. It has two long West Coast trips, and on both of them, comes back with only one day of rest. Because you, you guys got to understand, these West Coast games, they don't end until 1 a.m. Eastern. So by the time they get to the get done with the game, get showered, do the media availability, get to the airport, they're not leaving the, you know, the, the city until 3 or 4 a.m. Eastern. And then they're landing here after a four to five hour flight, potentially. They're not getting here until 8 Eastern, maybe. And so then they're having to play the very next night. Like that is trash. That is so wrong. Like there's not, there are only some small things I have to argue about with this schedule. That is a huge one. Like the fact that happens not once, but twice is a joke. That is terrible. So we're talking about in that case. And and one of those is, is you're playing the freaking Lakers at home, of course, which, you know, is always difficult to do. So you've got the Lakers. And then this one, we're talking about the Atlanta Hawks, like, that is a, those are scheduled losses. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. Like I I just fail to understand that. So if if any of you are listening to this and you find a, an example of another team doing that twice this season, please let me know. I, I won't feel any better, but I'll at least know that I was wrong. Um, the other thing that I think is kind of weird, since I'm complaining, I'm just going to pick out my other complaints here. You mentioned that Miami, uh, Oklahoma City, you know, road trip. There's other games there, but. A Miami to Oklahoma City back to back? Like, what is that? Going from Miami to OKC on a back to back? That is crazy. Like, I'm sure there's probably some pretty crazy back to backs out west. You know, some of those distances are really long, but like, 
Miami to OKC, that seems a bit much to me. Um, but yeah, I think that and the, the coming back from the West Coast trips are the two big complaints that I have, I think, with this schedule. Yeah, and um, you know, we're, we're talking about like you just come back from those road trips, you have like one game off. Like that's not happening to Boston. That's not happening to you know some of these other teams. No. So you start like, hey, we gave you one game, uh, you know, a, a reasonably manageable game to start the season. Well, great. Now you're going to have a four game West Coast road trip. You have one day off, and then you're playing the Lakers at home. You have one day off, and then you're playing the the Dallas Mavericks, who at least that's going to be like their third game in four nights, and they're going to be coming off of a back to back. So early in the schedule really no favors being done for the Orlando Magic. And this next stretch that I want to talk about is, in my opinion, the most brutal stretch of the entire season. Kevin, we we talked about that 12-game stretch uh, a ton last year from like the you know middle of November through the beginning of December. This one may have that beat. So I'm talking about the stretch starting from December 27th through January 29th. So it's an entire month. And let me just, there are a couple of manageable games throughout this, but for the most part, this is a rough schedule. At home for Philadelphia, at home for the Knicks, at Phoenix, at Golden State, at Sacramento, at Denver, home for Atlanta. Again, a manageable game, but remember, you only have that one game in between Denver and Atlanta traveling home, at home for Minnesota, at Miami, at Oklahoma City, you just talked about that back-to-back, at the Knicks, at the Hawks, home for the 76ers, home for the Heat, home for the Cavs, at the Grizzlies, home for the Suns, at Dallas. That is brutal. And add to that, I mentioned this earlier, that that stretches basically the month of January and part of December. The month of January, the Magic have not one, not two, not three, but four, three games in four nights, four of them in one month. And it's not against some, some nobodies. It's against that list that Jonathan just read off three games in four nights, four times in that stretch. January is going to be rough. Like just go ahead, mentally prepare yourself right now for all the excitement all the, the joy we have about going into the season, go ahead and prepare your brain for January to be very challenging for, for this team and, and for the fan base too, honestly. Like there's not a single team in that list that did not play in the postseason last year. Sheesh. Not a single one. That stretch that we had last year, like we had a couple like, okay, well, at least we get like a quick breather here. And that was when they had that, you know, six game, you know, win streak, not during the, the breather, but during that really brutal stretch. So we know that once this team is faced with adversity, but Luke, like 18 straight games where you're playing a a playoff team every single night. It's definitely not ideal, Um, but I've got, I've got good news guys. I've got really good news. I went through the schedule, right? And I have predicted things up until the new year when the stretch happens in looking at rest and looking at opponent and all of that home away, everything took everything into account in my tiny little brain. And at the end of the the year of 2023, I've got the magic being 17 and 13. So 
I, listen, and obviously I'm a little biased. If there was like a little toss up 50 50 game where you both have a one day of rest, I'm like, smash it. It's a W. And then, you know, I was, I, I tried to stay fairly consistent in my judgment. So going into these stretches, man, on the road, you have to, even more so, there's so much more emphasis on what took place prior. And at this case, it's what happened through the end of 2023. What did you do? How did you finish to set yourself up for these road trips? Where's your head at? Because if you were getting beaten down the whole year up to that point, or you've had a couple rough stretches, whether it's a homestand on the road, that road trip's going to be awful. But if you have confidence and these guys, these young guys, I promise you, can get some irrational confidence mentally, if they are if they are 17 and 13 at the end of December, they are going to feel good about themselves and they are going to be making plays on national stages. Maybe they're getting flexed into spots at that point, being 17 and 13. People are taking note. I'm not worried about it, but I am a little bit worried about it. I was going to say, yeah, you are lying if you say you're not worried about it at all. I will say if the Magic get through January and they're hovering around 500, you know, like two or three games either way, I'm going to feel really good about the rest of the season. Like if you're able to to make it through the the tough stretch at the beginning of the season with all the road games and then you make it through that gauntlet, you know, from basically, you know, like Kevin said, the March, not the March, the month of January. Uh, you're going to be looking pretty good like going into the all-star break and then the the rest of the season. And then, you know, we talk about strength of schedule, whatever. Like there probably are some things in that that are legitimate. Like as you're playing, you know, Washington and, and, and Charlotte and Detroit and some of these other teams late in the season. But the Magic are going to be, you know, primed if they're able to to survive that January stretch uh, to, to make a, a, a strong postseason run. Another uh, five-game uh, stretch that is pretty brutal is that New Orleans, Sacramento, Golden State, L.A., Memphis. We've kind of already talked about that. Maybe we don't need to, to spend a time a, a ton of time on that. Let's talk about some of the more winnable pockets of the season. So the first one that I look at um, is that five-game stretch. Now, some of these are on the road, um, but opponents that you should have a good chance to beat. So you've got Brooklyn. Uh, in the first in-season tournament game on the 14th, you're in Brooklyn for that. And you got the back-to-back at Chicago, at Chicago, the second in-season tournament game at Indiana, and then home for Toronto. You, you got to find a way to go three and two in that stretch. Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely. And obviously, we'd prefer that two of those wins came in the uh, in-season tournament games. But yeah, I mean, that's... Obviously, some of those are tough with the back-to-backs and three and four nights and all that stuff, but that's, yeah, very, very winnable stretch there, which is important going into the next week to have some momentum as you face the tougher stretch there, which is Denver, Boston, you know, in back-to-back games that week. Not back-to-back days, back-to-back games. Well, the good news is right after that stretch, Kevin, you have another, like, very winnable pocket. Like, this is a potential, like, you sweep this little four-game stretch here at home for Charlotte, at home for Washington, at home for Washington, and at Brooklyn. That's going from November 26th to December 2nd. Like Luke, looking at that four-game stretch, it's not unreasonable to think the Magic could just sweep right through that. Yeah, and you're talking about through Brooklyn, right? So you're starting with with Charlotte, maybe, is where you're looking at super winnable. Um, Yeah, even Charlotte, Washington, Washington. Yeah, you could, like you said, sweep right through it. And then even man, you then you have Cleveland, 
at home where you're coming off three days rest, they are as well, but you're at home. So to me, you have a little bit of an edge there uh, being back home. And then uh, you got to win that that Cleveland game. Maybe you go 5-0 and in this stretch. And if that's the case, you got to buckle up because you're going to Boston for uh, for the next two games. So Well, that part is a little tricky, though. Cause right now, it says we mm. have rest. But that is where the the knockout phase right. of the play. Or the, you made me call it the play-in tournament, Luke. <laughs> Dang it. I've just so been calling man. it the IST, which it sounds like an STD. I can't. Yeah, that's... <laughs> but i just been... Yeah. Okay. But what I'm saying is... Don't look at right me like now, that. In, in the schedule, there's a nine-day gap for everybody. Like, the whole league doesn't have anything scheduled from the third of December to the basically 10th or I think it's just the 11th maybe. Um, and that's what we talked about earlier. That's where the knockout round games for the season will be uh, for the tournament will be. So the magic will be playing at some point during those, those days off that are currently days off right now. It's just a matter of, is it regular season games? Is it IST games, Jonathan? But either way, I, I definitely agree. That's a, that's a pretty winnable stretch. I, I want to interrupt our winnable stretch here. We can keep going. But before the people get at me in the YouTube comments, I've done some research. There are a handful of teams in the Eastern Conference that come back from their West Coast trip twice. You and would one do this in the rest. middle of the podcast. I am, absolutely. Because I because I know some people like to type really fast on YouTube before they listen to the whole episode and complain about something that was said. So I'm trying to beat them to it, even though I'm probably too late. Yeah, I was grumpy about it, okay, and I still think it's wrong, but yes, there are other teams that have that problem. Okay, what else is winnable, Jonathan? (laughs) So we talk about that just brutal stretch in January. So right after that, you do have a nice six-game stretch where you're at San Antonio, at Minnesota, at Detroit, at Miami, versus uh, San Antonio at home, and then versus Chicago. So San Antonio, Detroit, San Antonio, Chicago, definitely have to win those games. Um and then if you can, you know, win one of those games, Minnesota, you know, at, or at Miami, you know, you come out of that, you know, four and two or even five and one, that would be fantastic in that stretch. And then after all of this, so Saturday, you know, February 10th, you know, that stretch that we talked about ended. Uh, and then you have a couple of days off and you have that nationally televised game at home versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. Then you have the back to back with the New York Knicks. Um those games, you know, the Magic should have a chance in that. But I'm, the reason that I'm talking about those is because then you go into the all-star break. So, you know, the team's going to have, what is that, like eight, nine days off. You come back on the 22nd. You start on the road versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. If they can survive January, we keep talking about this. If they can survive January and if they can even like limp into the all-star break, this is where you have a really good stretch where you can pick up some wins post-All-Star break. Starting February 24th, you're at Detroit. You have a back-to-back, so you're at Atlanta. Then you're home for Brooklyn, home for Utah, home for Detroit. You're at Charlotte. You're at Washington. You're at New York. And by the way, that Charlotte, Washington, that is a back-to-back. So Charlotte, Washington, at New York. You're home for Indiana. You're home for Brooklyn. You're at Toronto. And then you're home for Toronto. You have a day off in between that. And then you're home again for Charlotte. So 13 games there where, you know, probably 10, 11 of those games, you could argue like the Magic should have a really good chance to win those games. Yeah, I 
I feel good. I mean, obviously, we we talk about the stretch that is January, and you know, you mentioned it obviously about if we can just make it through there, we get past All Star break. There's the light at the end of the tunnel. It's just a matter of how good of a shape you're in. After going through the schedule, though, I feel better about it because of what I think we could do, like I said, heading into the new year. I think if you can just hold your ground in that in that January stretch and then you go into the easiest part of the year, you talk about mind games and motivation and the mentality of this team. I think there's a team that's going to be able to capitalize on it. And uh, I mean, I'm it, more so obviously that you can always talk yourself into something. But even last year going through the schedule, it's how I came up with like the prediction, right? Is when I gave, you know, my official 38 wins is what I thought this team could do healthy, which was derailed, obviously. But that was my prediction. And I got that by going game by game, looking at rest, all that sort of thing. And just going through the schedule, I feel better, much better than I did last year. I think the team is obviously much improved, deeper, all those sort of things we are hopeful for a, a healthy season. But I think going into this post all-star break, you can be in a really good spot to really capitalize and sort of climb those standings. You get toward that end of the year where we all know where we're just looking at the standings. What are we doing? What do we have to do? How do we get there? It is a, just feels very promising as opposed to last year. If you were able to get to that point, mostly unscathed. And that's going to be the biggest factor is health, obviously. Like we looked at the beginning of, of last year, like we looked at the schedule and like, yeah, it was daunting. But, you know, up until, you know, a couple of days, well, I, I guess it was a few weeks. Uh, it was like the end of August, I guess we found out about Gary Harris and the the knee last year. And then like, what is it? A couple of days before media day, we find out about Markel and then you lose Cole. What was that? Like two, three games into the season, four games into the season, maybe. So we didn't expect that. Obviously, do we have to really say it? all of this is dependent on health? Every team, everything is going to be dependent upon health. But if this team can manage to stay healthy, uh, it is very promising. And then the last like winnable stretch um, where you have like multiple games is going to be April 5th through the 9th uh, at Charlotte, home for Chicago, and then at Houston. You got to go at least two and one in, in, in that stretch. All right. I want to ask you guys, have you guys gone through the schedule already and gone like game by game and done your wins and losses? Sounds like Luke did for the first chunk of the season. Yeah, I am through. Let me check. I am. Well, I want to say real quick. Yeah. Do we want to pause the podcast, take a few minutes, go through that and then come back with our predictions for the schedule? That we Why can not? Do that. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. All right, we're back. We took a, a couple of minutes here to to go through the schedule and, and count up our our win totals. Who would like to go first? And remember, folks, this is only eighty games. We don't have the other uh, you know two games on the schedule just yet. Who would like to share uh, their uh, win total first? Uh, I can. I can. Uh, I'll share mine first. So after going through it tallying these up um like you said it's 80 is the total number here that we're adding to my prediction here was 42 and 38 so 42 wins and then obviously you've got your other two you got to hold account you know keep an account for once we figure that out 
but I'm going to say the, that the Magic win 42, 43 games this year. For me, uh, I got a pretty different result than Luke. I I got 80 wins. Um, so I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Luke, I also got 42 wins. That's so cool. Look wow. at us. Look at us. Wow. Guys. Yeah, I got 42 wins. Um, what was interesting for me is I I made this run very streaky. Like I had a lot of losing streaks. You know, like four, like a couple four game, one five game losing streak. But then I had a stretch from. When was that? January 31st to March 6th, where they won like 8 out of 10 or 10 out of 12 or something like that. So very streaky in my predictions, but it came out to 42 wins as well. So this is suiting uh, because I'm I'm usually the maybe a tad bit more optimistic when it comes to the magic. So I had 43. So just mm. just Look a, at just us. a hair over 42. So I came out to 43. And hey, maybe you, you split those extra two games and 44 wins. I mean, I'm very, I'm incredibly confident the Magic will win more than 35 and a half or 36 and a half games. So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's pretty realistic. I, you know, again, we, I know we're going to get comments. Magic has to stay healthy. Everybody understands that and realizes that. But, um, yeah, fellas, uh, last thing that I've got is just, you know, for us, this is interesting. I don't know how many other people really care about this. It's just the the days of the week breakdown. So how many uh, games the Magic have on each day of the week? So on Mondays, the Magic have seven games this year. They have 12 games on Tuesdays, 15 on Wednesdays, seven on Thursdays, 16 on Fridays, nine on Saturdays, and then 14 games on Sundays. Yeah, which right out of the gate locks us into 29 games that are going to be on nights that we record. So we'll be uh, seeing a lot of each other, you know, as always during the regular season here. Yeah. One of the things I always we always look at is the nights, you know, the Sunday and Wednesday games, because that's when we record the show and we will never record a show until after a game's done, obviously, because we want to yeah. talk about it. But the other thing that's always interesting is like the which of those games are West Coast games on the night that we record because if it's a West coast game, it doesn't end until super late. Um, and I'm trying to find where was it? It was a Wednesday, wasn't it? Uh, let's see. It was the second road trip, which is in January. It was, uh, yes, Wednesday, January 30 in Sacramento, a 10 PM tip off, which means the game will be over at 1230. So we will be recording our episode at 1230 in the morning on that what would end up being Thursday morning. So we that'll be that a fun one. But the Lakers hey, last year, I think. That's right. But it, hey, at least it only happens once this year. I think two years ago it happened a couple times and that was rough. But this time it only happens once and we'll take that. Just staying yeah. up for those games in general is usually rough. And then if we don't get the result that we want, we're on here exhausted, crabby, hungry, tired, you know, at <laughs> 1 a.m., you know, hopefully we can talk about a win after that game. That would be fantastic. I'll also add one more thing really quick about the show. You know, we're starting this new thing this year, the six-man show post-game live, which we're really excited for, by the way. We have some really cool stuff to announce coming up about that. But that West Coast road trip to start the season is going to be rough. So you get that home game against Houston. I'll be hosting that night. Obviously, that'll be really fun. The first, right? We're going to do it in the preseason as well because uh, we need a preseason too. It's a new show for us. We got to work out the bugs and everything, but you guys can join us for that. But the first, you know, regular season game, we'll have it. But then to go out west, we're doing a live post game show after every game. 
So those shows are going to be starting at between midnight and one. So if you're night owl, uh, come hang out with us. But uh, that, I thought that was a little interesting, a nice little obstacle that we get to overcome to start off the new show. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I also went ahead and as far as predictions go, went ahead and broke down what I had for basically home and away. I had us in the Mexico City game. We don't technically know which one on the magic schedule, as Kevin just pointed off, kind of pointed out to us while we're recording. It shows up as a home game for us on our schedule, but it also shows up as a home game for the Hawks on their schedule. So I guess that means they haven't determined yet who's going to technically take the L and be the home team for that and lose a home game. Um, but so what I will say is that my home record equals 39 instead of 40 and my home record overwhelmingly is very good at 25 and 14 and my away record is 17 and 23. So I obviously take into account a lot about the home games and everything, but I think that we do have quite a bit of rest when it, you know, when we're at home is what it looked like. A lot on the road, obviously, you're playing back-to-backs and three and four nights and five and seven, whatever. But uh, that's kind of the the splits that I had that I went ahead and added up real quick. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens, how it shakes out. Obviously, the fun thing about these predicting uh, predicting these games is that like your individual games don't really matter. It just gives you an idea of where this team could end up. So while you might you know choose that the Magic lost a game against a better opponent with a rested at risk disadvantage versus give the win to your, to the magic when they have an advantage against a worse team or even whatever. We very well know how this goes, right? There's games that catch you off guard. The Warriors game last year, the Jalen Suggs game. We probably wouldn't have put that down as a win if we were going through the schedule, but you can still kind of get an idea of your win loss at the end of the year. So I have a splitting a fun- this year. You have splitting, splitting with Golden State? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I had 22 home wins, by the way, Luke, since you were counting yours. I counted so like 22 and I, I closed out my window, and I don't, <laughs> cool. I don't have anything, so I'll have to figure that out. And <laughs> come, back, come back next episode, and I'll tell you what I think our uh, home and away uh, records are going to be. For that Atlanta game, I think potentially what they're doing is, is waiting to see how the, the knockout rounds go. And then, like, based off of like logistically like, trying to schedule, then we'll figure out. Like, then we'll be like, okay, well, they gave us this home game because we're closer to whoever. So it's given yeah. them a little bit of, uh, you know, flexibility in terms of scheduling. You know, once the in-season tournament you know, schedule starts. Yeah, I think that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, that's all I've got for the schedule, boys. I don't. I don't know about you guys. Is there anything else you want to bring up? Anything else that you found interesting? Anything that's really just Burning a hole down deep in your gut, Kevin. <laughs> I have one thing, and I just thought about this since you asked this question. I haven't even thought about it beforehand. So I want us to look at this schedule and guess the first throwback night. Oh, look my at the gosh. Schedule and I have guess no what idea. you think the first throwback night is going to be. Has there been a trend know, at all? Do what? Has there been a trend for who, like, when the throwback nights usually are or start? Probably, but I had just thought about this question right now, so we can just take well, a guess. It's um, the thirty fifth anniversary season, so I guess they're they they would probably be, you know, sort of evenly spread. Sure. I think a great opportunity. You come back from that road trip home game against the Los Angeles Lakers. What's that date? Yep. Uh, uh November fourth. Yep. 
I could be I completely wrong, but I am gonna go the 35th anniversary jerseys on the 35th game of the year at home. Second second game of the homestand against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Dude, Dude better not wait that long. I, I'll be. I hope we see them mad. before that. Yeah, that's oh true. My gosh, I bet uh, you wear them on that night, though. You know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a, I, I in in hindsight, that. it's a terrible guess, and <laughs> it's probably going to be in one of these long home stands. But I just want it to be, uh, you know, I, ironic with my with my guess. Yep. I think the the Lakers one is is a great shout. I think it's a good one. I wish I'd, you know, if I'd thought of this question earlier, I would have looked to see when throwbacks typically are rolled out. You yeah. know, the past couple of years, if it's not that one. It's probably the second homestand after that, you know, maybe that Toronto game. Um, that could be fun, but yeah, in season I, tournament game. Um, that would make sense. Yeah, but I do wonder about that. Is another thing I was going to say, and I brought it up on the last show that I was on. Adam Silver mentioned jerseys could be different. Jersey uh, courts will might be different. Do we get a, a an in season tournament jersey rollout? You know, during the year, priming us for it. That's another fun thing. Jersey reveals are always fun to wait on and anticipate. That's going to be another one for us. Well, I don't have unlimited, you know, funds, so I'm hoping we don't have like five new jerseys this year because that's that's really going to put me, you know, back quite a bit with the old uh, old piggy bank. Mm. But boys, the day has finally come. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and now we still have a ton of stuff to plan. We get to plan. The six fan show and and when that's going to be. We're still working on you know the road trip and who's going to be at what games. You know covering those games and we've got the post game live stuff to talk about. So for us the the schedule talk is has really just begun and I I look forward to continuing uh, going through this with with you guys and and really getting to plan out our next you know six seven months. Uh, well I guess really once the the season starts more or less, but. All right. Any final thoughts before we go ahead and uh, sign off for this one? Uh, I I did check. I saw the Rockets last year. That's the only team I checked. They had throwbacks. Their first throwback night was November 18th. So, you know, I mean, mid-November, you know, it's possible. November 21st Uh, against the Raptors. Yeah, that's what I was saying. The first game of that homestand. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So that could be it. So we'll see. Obviously, last year isn't this year. They could change some things. They could do opening night for all we know. That would be sick. That would be. Opening night. That would be amazing. Uh, but outside of that, I'd say, uh, yeah, well, listen, definitely want to tune into Monday's episode. That'll be a fun one. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it for me. That may be a fun one. I, I would agree with that, Kevin. All right, folks, that is going to do it for this one. Thanks for listening to us breaking down the schedule. Give us your thoughts either on social media or in the, the YouTube comments below. Uh, but for producer Kevin, for Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See you. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Let's go!